Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. All right, all right, all right, people, we finally have it. Happy Friday. This is episode 233 out of 365. For you math majors out there, that is 63.8% of the way to the 365th episode. What happens after 365? Who knows? I guess you'll have to tune in to find out. So I told you guys that I'd fill you in on the negotiation process for a coaching position overseas. And so we're finally here. I also put it out there last Sunday that if I don't publish this episode before the end of the week, then you could uh, you could roast me on social media and hold me accountable. So I am officially in the clear. I'm going to try to keep this one under 13 or 14 minutes. So let's see how that goes. All right. To recap, this was a situation where a team overseas in a first division had a head coach opening. Of course, uh, as usual, I'm not going to say names here. I think it's important to respect that process. I need to balance the uh, peeling back of the curtain to give you guys behind the scenes feel with continuing to respect the process and the people and the teams that I deal with overseas. So uh, let's do, uh, we'll take a step back, recap from the beginning. I mentioned a little bit in episode 212 how overseas teams find their players and coaches. And that was a few weeks ago, two weeks ago to be exact. Um, and so you can either circle back to that episode to hear more, or I'll just give you a brief little recap. So the team was looking for a head coach, obviously, and they're in, let's call it an entry level country, a respected first division, a team that, uh, team teams in that league played in an international competition, uh, but they do not. And so they reached out and asked if I had anyone in mind for a head coach position. And of course I did. So I'll remind you of some of the details about the position so you can learn more about that coaching market overseas. They were looking for experience as a head coach previously. Um, they wanted a, a guy who was interested in both pro players and younger players to help develop them. They wanted a guy who can, uh, of course, a guy or a girl who can prepare film for individual uh, player preparations uh, for, for, for both individual workouts and player prep for the games. They wanted someone that might have the chance to work with a national team and would be interested in doing that. And they wanted someone who wanted to work in the community. Uh, and then the salary that they had originally stated was 1500 US dollars per month, which included meals, an apartment, and preferably looking for uh, a long-term two-year deal. So the negotiation process, they got back to me and said, Hey, you know, one of the names that you sent, we, we, we want to interview him. Um, and for me, I obviously knew that would happen uh, because, I mean, I sent a handful of, of, of coach resumes that I thought uh, would fit, but there was one of them that just had the, the you know, more experience than others. Um, and I told him this, I knew this, this coach was quite honestly a bit overqualified for sure. Uh, but it was an interesting opportunity. I, you know, I, li I like the team. Uh, and and so I recommended to the coach that they take a look at it because it's a new challenge. It's a, you know, it's just, it's different than what he had done in a new market. And so I set them up for an interview. 
and the coach talked with the GM and then the coach talked with the sport director for almost two hours each. Uh, and from all sides, it sounded like the calls went great. You know, everyone was interested. The GM was talking about how they really wanted him and he could do very well there. And again, my response respectfully was, yeah, you know, I, I, I know I, 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 uh, I might not be considered a veteran in this space yet, but I know what I'm doing. And I know a great coach when I see a great coach. And I also uh, know how to connect that coach to a team that has a lot of potential that I like and, and, and everyone wins. And so I visited that club. I, I know how they work. I see the opportunity and, and I let them know that. And so the next step was just to discuss details and the salary and the benefits. And uh, now everyone was aware what they wanted but as the process began, I knew that we had some leverage. So what is leverage? What is the definition of leverage? Leverage is power. Leverage is effectiveness. Leverage is, um, from one of these uh, dictionary websites, it is the action of a lever which produces an advantage. Or the one that I think I like the most here is a combination of definitions I've seen. And then uh, one that I've kind of created for the situation is the use of credit or reputation to enhance one's position. And we had a little bit of leverage. So, you know, obviously we, we, we wanted to make it work here, but there were some things that we needed to uh, have shifted, not necessarily upgraded or anything crazy, but we needed some adjustments to make it, you know, make sure everybody was on the same page. That's the way I like to put it. And so here, uh, I'm going to tell you the parts of the contract that we discussed, and this is the part that you don't hear anywhere else. So the first one was time. Uh, this, this was a deal that they wanted to make long-term, but they only offered 10 months pay. And this was a non-negotiable for us. And, and it, it would have been for anyone that I was, uh, I was representing or negotiating on behalf of either, we either wanted them to make it a one-year deal or extend that to two years, like to 24 months. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, it was just originally, okay, well, we want a two-year deal, um, but only offered 10 months pay each year. And so again, that was obviously non-negotiable. If you're listening, it probably seems a bit crazy, but some some teams do that. So uh, the second thing was the salary. So I used I used the leverage properly, not outrageously, but properly, and increased it a bit because I think that was a little bit low of an offer. Um, you know, nothing nothing too crazy, but enough to fill the gap in those those missing two months of that one year deal, right? So so I was able to and 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 trust me it wasn't easy because uh, this <laughs> this team that I was dealing with, you know, happened to have somebody that was was, you know, quite the uh quite the astute negotiator. Let's let's just let's just leave it like that. Um and so you know the salary was was part that we that we wanted to change here and and I was able to use leverage and, and increase that a bit. And then the next part was the termination clause. So this was a big time obstacle for us. Uh, just being completely open and honest with you guys, the the, the termination clause was uh, was two months of pay, essentially meaning the team could fire the coach at any point and only have to pay two months. That's what a termination clause uh, usually is. It's, it's somewhere in contracts. There's a termination clause. It's usually uh, it usually lists out both sides. So if a player or if a coach wants to terminate the contract. Uh, or if the team wants to terminate the contract. And so from my perspective here, that was a bit a bit crazy. It didn't make sense, especially because they wanted a two-year deal. So uh, my first response was, was to extend that. Uh, and then my second response was, okay, let, let's just put in a buyout for the coaching side in case there was an opportunity to make a jump. If the coach brings success to the team after year one, then there's an opportunity for everybody to win. 
coach has success in the club. The club has success. They're on the map. The coach gets an opportunity. He leaves. The other team pays that first club uh, a buyout fee. They win, and then they can get another coach, right? So it's a mutually beneficial thing. Um, and 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 they wouldn't budge. So so for me, that was uh, just being completely transparent here. That was a bit of a red flag, I would say. And and there there wasn't too many red flags, but that was a bit of a red flag. So if there's a two year deal and there's only a one sided opportunity for a termination clause. And that is only two months. It's not really a two-year deal. It's a it's a two-month deal, right? Because there's there's you know, and 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 in that case, for me, it was a it was a non-negotiable. Um, so important lesson important lesson here in this part of the the process is that there needs to be compromise. If either side of the party is unwilling to compromise, this goes for you know for for the agent negotiating or the coach or the other team. The deal has a small chance to be successful in the long term. My my opinion. Take it take it as you take it as you want. But if 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 either side is unwilling to come into the middle and say, okay, we'll give up a little bit here to gain a little bit there, there's just no chance a deal is going to be successful. That's that's my personal opinion. So again, in the negotiation process, I went back and said, look, you know, like it's not a that's not a two year deal. It's a two month deal. Um, that's what it is, right? And so. You know, at the end of the day, we were able to increase that a little bit to to, to three months, but it, it didn't really help the case. So, um, the the other the other parts that we needed to discuss were, um, you know, just some additional support and benefits. The more so the you know the less important but finer details, and one of those was a car. And and so whether you're a player or a coach, you, you obviously when you get to a certain point, I mean, especially head coach, like you should be given a car. You know, if you're a player, sometimes at the entry level, you don't get one. Or if you're in a small city, sometimes they give you a bike. I've had previously a player uh, that I represented had a bike in a certain city, especially in Germany, where bikes are prevalent. And, you know, you don't necessarily need a car to get around and the city's not too big. But, you know, once you get to the higher level and you're talking bigger contracts, and especially if you're representing a coach, the head coach, they need a car. And so in this case, it was, you know, it was supposed to be shared with a couple other people. And there was a gas money situation because, you know, coach had to drive about an hour away to work with the national team. And, you know, by the way, that was a great part, you know, props to this team because they, they, they incorporated the national team um, or, or, or a certain academy that had some young players that could be national team players into this deal where, you know, the coach was going about once a week to work with this academy, um, get a chance to build relationships, get a chance to, to see some young potential national team talent and spread the uh, team brand and, 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 and image in the community. It was, it was a great setup. Uh, but the way that it was set up in the contract with the car was just a, b- a bit of a hassle. And again, I, I won't get too much into those details to bore you, but ultimately we just wanted to have full use of the car uh, and a bit more gas money. So coach wasn't coming out of pocket to fulfill his duties. And so that was a major, a major uh, negotiating point. And then maybe one of the big one, uh, one of the biggest ones, which I saved for last is the calendar um, and, and the timing of this contract. And so this deal wasn't going to start until August, which was a bit strange to me because June and July are the most crucial parts of a coach's job, especially, you know, at this, uh, let's call it the entry level where, you know, the coach needs to not only get to begin to know the local players and have a chance to start building relationships with the community, but most importantly, to begin analyzing import players that fit because the import players at this type of team make or break the team. 
They really do. You know, no disrespect to local players, but when you only have a couple of import players, whether it's in Pro B Germany, where you have one one U.S. import opportunity, or even in a first division of another league where you have two or three or even four, these U.S. import players really make or break the team. Because if you're able to find players that are willing to come for a little bit lower of a budget, like this team has, but you want, but you can find players that buy in to that coach, you can really accelerate yourself up to competing for a championship. I truly believe that. And so, you know, for whatever reason, this team wanted to start in August and just didn't didn't believe that you know that, that there was much work to be done in June and July. And 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 again, you know, let's just say we we didn't uh, didn't end up on the same page here, and and so we agreed to disagree. And so, so they, those main topics that I just went over were, were, were really the discussion for the negotiation. Uh, and at the end of the day, it, it usually goes back and forth a few times. And then ultimately, you come to a conclusion. At least that's what the goal is. But during this process, I think it's important, at least from my side, that you have some goals and expectations going in, especially for me. You know, like that's what I do with my clients or anyone I'm negotiating on behalf of. Uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, what is the breaking point? What are the what are the non-negotiables for you? And ultimately, what is the what are the number? What's that number? Or what are the stipulations that if they come back, the other side of the negotiating negotiating table come back saying, what what is the decision that you would come to that you would walk away from? Right? Like, what is that breaking point? And I just I think it's important to know going in. Of course, that's the secret to negotiating because the other side doesn't know that number or or or, or that point. And that's where again leverage and strategy comes into play. Of course, there are a few other variables. So in this case, this specific case, who had the leverage? Well, that depends on a lot of things. You know, when the team came back and said, he's our first choice guy and we really want him, that means we have leverage. Then when they came back and said, Well, you know, we have four other candidates that we want just as bad the leverage swings a little bit more onto their side. And then, you know, when I did some more due diligence and found out some other candidates and, you know, found out that, you know, I thought my, my educated guess was that they want him really bad, then it comes, it swung back a little bit to our side. And then I think we gained a little bit more leverage because we countered with the fact that we had a team, another team that offered the coach during this process that also sent uh, an upgrade offer. Right, it was a better financial situation, and we were able to use that as more leverage. And so the question comes down to, okay, well, how bad do you want him? You know that that leverage is now in our hands. Uh, and again, there are many variables at play. There's no right, there's no wrong. It's always uh, a personal and case by case situation. But in this situation, the coach and and we were on our side of the negotiating table. We were willing to take less. He was willing to take less to build something special because he was intrigued by this opportunity. You know, we really think that we could have helped build an elite roster and built a baseline culture and competed for championship run in year one. I, I, I truly think that. Uh, but at the end of the day, there were just certain things the team did not want to budge on. And it was apparent that certain things were that were important to the coach were not important to the team. No, no, no wrong on their end. It just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the right fit. And that's not putting them down. That's just saying that we weren't on the same page, which, which comes down to the conclusion of if you're not on the same page, then it's probably not going to work. So unfortunately, as you can probably guess, 
uh, we gave a final offer of of expectations, and they countered with something lower, and so we walked away. And 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 it just you know it wasn't the right fit. And uh, you know th- there's no formula for this. Uh, there, there's a right way to negotiate and a wrong way to negotiate. And I think uh, the wrong way to negotiate is bringing all your emotions to the table. And so my, my, my advice here to, to either party, and of, of course, my advice always goes to myself included because I've usually learned the hard way, but, um, you know, in the past, but in this case, in, in this case, I think it was, you know, it was just uh, the other party here, but, you know, I, I just, you need to leave your emotions behind because it, it is business. And again, I learned this the hard way, whether you're a player that, you know, gets all frazzled because you, you know, you don't get an offer or somebody lowballs you like, look, this is business. This isn't, this isn't a cupcake, uh, cupcake industry here. This is, it is business. You are applying for a job and uh, there, there's going to be, uh, you know, somebody that comes out on top or somebody, or, or, or you come to a mutually beneficial uh, agreement, which is is the goal. But in this case, I, I personally think coach won. I think we won. I think we made the right decision because if you go into a situation not happy with the negotiation process from day one, it is a recipe for disaster. Personally, I believe it's much, much bigger than money, especially overseas. Be- case in point, this situation, because sometimes the opportunity that it presents itself could open doors for other jobs down the line, especially if you have a good time and you enjoy that process, right? It's really rare to find a front office that jives perfectly with the coaching staff and the players, because typically there are there are people that, again, not everyone, but cases that I've experienced that want to control certain aspects. And that's never good. Again, just my opinion. You know, maybe I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about, Maybe I do. I think time will tell. You know, we'll have to see how that ten, t- team ends up, and you know what team, uh, w- what coach ends up there, and how coach ends up at the other club he signed with. Um, you know, I wish this club nothing but success for sure, and 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 I hope they win a championship with a different coach. You know, that's just because that's the way I am. I'm rooting for everyone. Um, I'm, I'm I'm never here to put anyone down. I, I I'm rooting for everyone to win. But uh, but yeah, sometimes you just have to, you know, th- th- there's a limit. And, and in the negotiation process, as I've learned from both negotiating opportunities for coaches and players at this point, you just have to you have to find the leverage and you have to all be on the same page. And it's 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 been very difficult to do overseas. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you learned something here. That was uh, that was the behind the scenes of the negotiating process. Um, for a coach opportunity overseas. If you have any other specific questions, feel free to hit me offline and we can find time to discuss. And with that being said, my friends, what am I at here? Oh, I I hit 18 minutes. Damn. Uh, So that was a little longer than I wanted to. All right. Have an amazing day. I'm signing off here. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.